You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Talk of Liberty podcast. This is episode number 311 of the Centralized Favorite Podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by executive video producer, audio engineer. Uh, I don't know what else other titles we want. He's our head diesel mechanic, Zach Bircham. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible at all of the above name positions. <laughs> you get paid commensurate to your value to the show. Uh, and our, uh, our, our guest slash the dude that's on the website. Uh, but never shows up unless the kids uh, will die because it's too hot outside and he can't coach. Is it soccer or baseball or what? I don't coach either. I barely watch. No, I have I'm, no idea what gonna offsides give you, is. We're going to give you way more. He's the Ted Lasso of Newcastle Athletics. Uh, City Councilman Aaron Dick and everybody. How y'all doing? Is that good Ted Lasso? Sure. Um, just just barbecue sauce, man. Uh this show today, what do we got planned? We're going to talk to Aaron about uh, how he won his election already. Uh, I have the world's worst printer, and my eyes are over 40 years old. So trying to actually read the notes that I prepare. It's on cardstock, so are, you obviously are, are out of paper. Are a nightmare. Uh, it's No, it's just because you're here. I printed it on the most premium paper I could possibly oh, print call. it on. Uh, we're going to talk about what the city council does. There were some uh, some allegations thrown around that we should do better at being city council people. So we're going to ask Aaron about that. Um, city budget's been called into question. I hear he has something to do with that thing. I would like to have somebody fix Riley Road and the speed limit problem that I perceive. So maybe we'll talk about it. Two weeks ago, we did a show, uh, talked about the Hamilton County Library and John Green's book. There's news on that front. Uh, and turns out in Indiana, you're not allowed to just jump in any Power Wheels Jeep you want to. That can be a crime. Uh, we're going to call for all that and more. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes it provoke you, other times it make you laugh, but hopefully you'll always learn something new. Zach, what did we learn in the Patreon edition today? Oh, it was a long minute. You've been traveling. I have. Uh, and just hitting all of the places that your wife can come up with on a map, even though you to really, get a sticker. I mean, yeah, you really don't take her anywhere though. Um, I, I literally have a book of places she's yeah. been now. I've been running. I've set the trap, and she's fallen into it and many ways. And you visited Mark Brim. Yes, it's it's worth. It. Listen, it's, that's there's videos in the in the Patreon yeah. group. If you join Patreon, any level, whatever, you just join it. Shoot me an email tonight or message tonight, Jeremiah at Ballsock of Liberty, or just you know Facebook message me. Say hey, I I want to hear about what you guys did in South Dakota. I want to hear about your trip. I want to hear about Zach and his big adventures coaching. Join the Patreon, any level. That's where we uh, we share the extra stories, go the extra mile. And it's how the show actually gets paid for, because there's no such thing as a free lunch. Uh, it was a nice long Patreon this week. Patreon.com slash Liberty to, uh, to sign up. If you do $50 or more each and every month, you are an absolute all-star. Uh, those people are Christy Avery, uh, your Norwex dealer up in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, but 
Newcastle's her second home. She once tried to park right there at DL Couch, uh, invented a road when she was visiting the Oyo. Um, not the best Parker, but she's a great woman. Um, did not know, like each word was something I wasn't expecting in that <laughs> sentence. That's the second time I've seen somebody's read a sentence that said, no point did this sentence I know what's about to happen next. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every word of it's true. Zach knows. I was there. Um, well, we were all waiting. We were all waiting at the OYO for her to show up and she's trying to get a toe. Uh, it snowed that night. Uh, John Phillips, Andy Moore, Buick GMC, uh, our, our car concierge, uh, he'll get you a truck. He'll get you a, 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 a GMC terrain, a Buick. I, what's the, what's the current Buick now? The Enclave? What? En- Enclave, Encore. Um, are they still making any car? They make a pretty sweet station wagon people. America needs to get on board. Um, I think it's like a lacrosse. It's pretty amazing looking. The Lucerne. Does it have wood yeah. paneling on the side? The Riviera. No, good. It's hot. The Regal. I, I, make the Re- I the think they do still do a Regal GS. Is there even. a Regal? All right. Yeah. John can get you any Buick. Any Buick that exists, John can get it for you. You don't even have to be old. No. It's, listen, D- Dakota's Tiger- already been through one. Yeah, he's he's already. <laughs> Dakota hit his Buick phase, and he's back in the GMC era. Uh, and, of course, John is running for city council here in Newcastle as well. Uh, and Anthony Meyer, who, I, when I was on my big road trip, he's a, he's a truck driver, runs all across the country. He was telling me where to get all the grease. He's like, listen, <laughs> you need to go get ribs at the That's awesome. Petro station in northern Iowa. You have to stop. I'm like, I, I'm, I'm not. It's amazing. There are people in Newcastle that can't give you a good recommendation for anything in Newcastle. They lived here their entire <laughs> life. And Anthony Meyer can probably give you 25 recommendations like per state. Yes. It's spectacular. Yes. That's a skill. So we thank each and every one of them for their contribution. Without Dakota to hold me down today, guys, this may be a six-hour episode. I don't know. Let's do it. I I drove for 26 hours. I did 3,500 miles of driving. Uh, And um, this this may go all night because I've got so much to say. Councilman Dickin, welcome back. Hello. Yes. Thanks for having me. I'm glad we could jot this down because, you know, not having an opponent, I'm just kind of like... Keep it to myself a little bit. You don't have any outlet anywhere no, to I go? No, I really don't. Anywhere to... Don't have uh, a cloud to yell at. I mean, that's what I'm really looking for. Are you the old man that can yell at a cloud? I literally am, and I'm now at an age where I'm willing to accept that that's who I am. Last year, I was like, nope, that's not me. Nope, I am that guy. Well, you've been bald for quite some time. It's true. Or it's through, true. Our, through our entire friendship, you've been ballically challenged. I know. Or you're stealing valor and you just shave it, and it's really not true. We'll never know. I mean, we would know if you... I mean, I let it go a little bit, and I, I think I look a decade older. If I go like three or four days, I think it's a little stubble because it is noticeably darker <laughs> around the toilet bowl. You have to be, you have to be a hat guy. Yeah, yeah, have been. So, no opposition in 2023. Were you were you hoping that somebody would run so that you could have an outlet? Were you just what looking every day on the Indiana Secretary of State's website, refreshing, going, <laughs> still nobody. I was trying still to re- nobody. I was trying to recruit Republicans. <laughs> uh, you I, have to check the website. Or can't you just look out your office window and I watch do. them I, walk I into file? I was going to say exactly. you can watch them file. Exactly. It's on the opposite side of the courthouse, but I've like kind of looked through you the, have door, the windows everywhere. through the through the doors there. Um, you know, I've always said from you know being a year or two into it because there is there has been a learning curve and. 
uh, preparing for this show, I'm like, man, my mind has come a long way in how I think and process the things that, you know, a typical sitting city council person deals with. But uh, I thought, you know, it's going to be a litmus test. I don't need to put out a survey, see how I'm doing. We'll see, you know, in 2017 uh, or 2018, sorry, uh, whatever year it was, 2019, I'll get there. How 2019. Long have, how long have you been holding office? Yes. Uh, I mean, I'm finishing. This is year eight. Um, yeah. So, I mean, last city election was real weird because I think there was only two contested races. Um, so and, and I was uncontested then. And thought, okay, well, I mean, either people are apathetic or confident, and I'm not sure which. I thought, okay, surely, I mean, with Clay running for mayor, there's going to be somebody that's running for my seat. And uh, nope, come to find out, either people are really unhappy or or don't care or are really happy. Maybe the Democrat power base is just so strong in the – Exactly. Is is. it the fifth? uh, Ward five? Ward four. Ward Ward four. four. In Ward 4, it is so intense that nobody dares. Nobody would dare run against you. It could be. You run the trash trucks in that side of town. Although I will say your constituent (laughs) service has been meh because my yard's been dug up two or three times, but it's actually never fixed the problem. I still have a water feature in my front yard. Seriously? Yeah. Swear to God. Yes. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm you know, waiting. once we get in the thick of this this part of the show, I'm glad we'll be able to touch on that. Still, yeah, it's. Oh, uh, Brenda Kreider is in here saying, "Did you get your yard fixed?" <laughs> she was in here before you even mentioned that. She was like, "Did your yard get fixed?" So I just, Brenda's on. The I board. just got the. Uh, and uh, I, I was confused when I read that because I was like, "She is weeks behind." I got that fixed, like. For if, the second, for the second time. If somebody has come by, they have not closed the loop and told me they've looked at it or done anything. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. At, at this point, I think, I think what I should probably do is just move. Uh, it would be easier. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, you, you've been on the council now. I guess you're, you're wrapping up term number two. So seven years. Mm-hmm. You're a grizzled veteran now. No hair. Yep. You're on cough drops. Yep. You're drinking heavily. Um, Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. He's contracted me to drive him home yep. uh, after the show. So it's fine, folks. Um, what what have, what have the accomplishments been? What's the I mean, you signed up to do it again. So you, you want to continue. Yeah. Right. Right. And I mean, that yeah, that is part of it. Um, I, you know, when I ran, I thought that, and I think everybody thinks that, um, that's why it's so interesting to see, um, new people attack this, uh, campaigning from all these different perspectives because, you know, I thought I was going to be able to do this and that, and it was going to be a big impact and found out very quickly, um, you know, just how stringent and limited a city council person is, especially, you know, I'm, I'm not retired. I have a day job. I've got three kids. And so it's, you know, my schedule, my day is pretty jam packed, but, um, I learned this in my time on the, on the Memorial park board mm -hmm. was that there were some people, some members and some other elected officials that had all the time in the world to do things. Yeah. And as a park board member and as a city council person, it's, it, Sometimes it almost does feel like it's designed for a retired person because right. you you can only give so much time, so much effort or whatever. Yeah. And it could be a full-time job if you let it be. Right, right. Well, and, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that 
I didn't, and I'm going to use past tense because I think my whole mind has shifted. That I didn't have aspirations. You know, I filed, actually filed to run for state rep- state representative two cycles ago. Um, and just, I think fighting that I'm in the phase of my life that I'm in, um, pulled that filing out. Um, and you know, I think it would be neat to go serve in Washington, but when I talk about this with my wife, we talk about this at home, even running for mayor, I had a form. I mean, if we're going to be real, real honest and juicy You've on this show, serious, I had, consideration. I had the filing completed without a signature, um, last spring and just really finally snapped out of it and said, you know, my life my, is not ready for that kind of commitment with having smaller children and a senior this year, you got one starting in kindergarten and one and in you between just keep having children intentionally no. to, keep, to keep this road. That's blocked. yeah. Cause nobody faults you when you say, well, I'm, I'm having kids. Uh, so, I mean, there, there is that, but in spite of how packed it is, and I've tried to pull back a little bit here recently, just as a life refocus for me personally, you know, looking back at, you know, how far downtown has come historic preservation, you know, my hands have gotten dirty, writing grants for the Murphy building, like doing new windows there, uh, having open houses downtown with that is the Corey Murphy building down yes, in Indiana miles and broad, which I think is his great grandfather, personal friend of Abraham Lincoln, actually. Um, Part of this was true. Yeah. <laughs> Two truths and a lie. <laughs> Figure out which one's which. Um, and just, I really enjoyed bringing uh, state entities together for historic preservation. And, and then the second time around, the first time we had it at the Art Center, the second time around, uh, Carrie Barrett and Main Street it jumped in. They said, hey, what if we had like an open house downtown? And it, and it went so well um, and it was very well received, had a lot of good traction because of that. So I, I'm really proud about that. Um, really proud that, you know, we are streaming council meetings most nights, almost all nights. I'd say 98% when, you know, we're not in charge of the Internet provider and All right, and uh, uh, hardware updates so a one of the challenging ca- city council candidates kind of threw some rocks <laughs> this this week uh Micah Mattingly who's i think running in the is it the 3rd district i don't know uh fifth. He's, fifth, the 5th fifth. district uh, I don't have them all memorized. I'm, the best. I, I'm, I'm, I'm taxed. I you, I'm like buddy. Washington DC over here. I'm taxed for the city water and sewer almost with no representation. Just a couple more years. With, you'll be there. with no, re- I'm looking forward to my new <laughs> sidewalks and my street lights and my adequate yeah. track, my trash my, cans, my yeah, trash right. can that won't have a top on it. I'm so excited <laughs> to be served by a, by a mediocre city uh, service. Yeah. Yeah. Um, big B is spectacular. I, I'm still gonna. If, even if you people do steal me and triple my taxes, I'm gonna. I'm gonna still subscribe <laughs> to Big B because I want my trash to leave on time. Um, <laughs> this is the argument Aaron and I have had for a decade now about trash service. I just listen. All I'm saying is that it's okay for you to give I've up. Come, once in a listen, while. I, I've thought about getting a small uh, Jeremiah figurine. <laughs> Uh, to carry with me in my pocket, so I can tell people, you know, I've got a little libertarian in me. There you go. Well, uh, yeah, there's there's some jokes. All right, so so somebody threw rocks and and gave you crap this week, or complained that the city stream didn't work for your. You guys have a city council meeting twice a month, right? Or maybe I guess there's a magical month where there's three Mondays. 
Uh, that sounds just too. Oh, you still just do two? First and third. First and third. Boy, do they skip if there's a third one? Well, that's good for you guys. Uh, it it's really magical is. if it's three paychecks in a month, but it's really shitty yes, if you have three exactly. three Mondays. In and, a month. and every once in a while, they line up to where the first Monday is actually like it'll be the first Monday, but the second Wednesday. So I've got two meetings that week because I'm on the Solid Waste Management District Board. So that's like that's when the family really loves exactly, your public service. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So we're, we're dancing around it. You have gotten involved with the streaming side and took it upon yourself. The Indiana legislature actually made it law now. So you have to start streaming these things starting next year. Right. Uh, but city has been doing it for two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I have it. I mean, I, I know I talked with you guys, especially up front and said, Hey, what's the best way to tackle this? Because everything you guys do seems to turn to gold. Um, so we went that route, uh, pushed and here's kind of a, a preview of how it is to be a city council person. I, gathered all the information and passed it along. And what we ended up with wasn't anything what I put on the proposal sheet. So after a while, when it stopped being so easy, I said, all right, this is a good chance to reset. Let's upgrade the audio. Let's, uh, you know, upgrade the camera equipment and make streaming easier. So, you know, I ran all the cables cause you know, being a musician, I know just enough to get it plugged in just enough to get yourself in trouble. Exactly. It was the connecting to the camera. That was the fun part, but we finally got it. Um, you know, I, I go in, uh, try to go in the day of the meeting to make sure there's not an, a camera update. Cause that's something you guys have taught me there. Um, and I'm also the one holding the iPad most of the time. You know, I spent some time screenshotting and building a streaming guide in hopes that, you know, uh, in hopes that one day you somebody, lose an election and somebody else can be burdened with the well, responsibility. Those are your words, not mine, but I'm not going to disagree with you. Uh, it, it, so that somebody else could run it, so that the Parks Board could come in and run something and, and stream their meetings, so that the RDC could stream their meetings, so that the Board of Works could stream their meetings. Because by law, they're going to have to now. Well, I mean, I haven't looked at the law. I know, talking with Tim Mundell in uh, Middletown, I, I told him, you know, I'm more than willing to consult with these towns, especially in Henry County on how we've done it. You know, I've got the links of the stuff we've purchased um, and, and it is all new. I mean, that audio equipment that was in that room is probably from the seventies would be my guess. And we still have some church sanctuary, like cornfield speakers in there. You just, they, the microphones don't run through them cause you can hear everything in that room. We're a little luckier than the uh, courthouse. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I saw the, the post that I was sent was different than the post that I saw on the official campaign page, which then I, everybody can interpret that the way they want to. But I, I, I kind of try to put the same message out because I know every time I share something from my council page, I hear Zach in, in my head saying, oh, well, we're getting two posts from Dickon again. <laughs> uh, yeah, the algorithms don't show me that much. Yeah, like, there you go. I had to go look up to see the post. I didn't see it whatever got shared with you about the throwing rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stuff, but, well, yeah. And, it, and it's, and it's no big deal, but, and, and I've got, well, it, some is, it is frustrating, right? Well, it, it's frustrating, but that's kind of the nature of the gig. Right. And, and, and I think that's, what's hard for people that haven't been in a seat like that and don't have that experience. And I, I was inexperienced running against, you know, Jeremy beach and Sherman Bowles. Um, so Sherman um, Bowles, a 47 time mayor. Yes. And actually, I had a conversation with him this summer, uh, went out to his house, sat and talked and just uh, shot the breeze. It was really fun. But um, 
you don't realize, and I've tried to say this multiple times, even in elections that I'm not running in, the people that you're chastising, you could be sitting next to and having to work with. And the people that you're, you know, basically alienating some of your electorate, you're going to be serving them. So, I mean, I've just always tried to communicate and not saying that you have to agree all the time because, you know, we certainly don't agree on everything. And I've done my far, far more than my share of stirring things up and uh, aggravating people. I, I mean, this job is not for making friends. So if you're wanting to make friends, don't run because I've noticeably, I've noticed some people do not come up and talk to me anymore, which is fine. And I'm fine with it at this phase of my life. You got some peace and quiet now. Exactly. You know, a couple of years ago, I'd probably be upset about it. And now I don't lose a wink of sleep. It's great. I love being 37. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, I mean, it's I, I try to convey the message on my in my campaigning in my role as city council person that I feel good about talking personally to going to church and having a conversation with my with my pastor, you know, with my neighbor. I'm going to all those messages are going to be the same. There's not going to be any distinction between the two. But the third thing that I was going to mention other than the streaming is the. uh push for inclusion uh, and the implicit bias training. It's something that's going to come up again. We're working on, you know, city council's already passed their share of uh, financing another implicit bias training course, waiting on the county to uh, pass it. Um, it, I think it's just something really important to consider, you know, is white. I mean, if we're just, again, cutting to the chase, as white as Newcastle is, it's not 100% white. And I think it's important to take the perspective of other people, you know, that uh, don't have the blessings that the rest of us have, that don't have a job and don't have family to count on and maybe don't have a car. And just a lot of things to consider. Not everybody's experience is like mine. So those are the, the high level sides. What, what do people call you about? What what what's the the councilman Dickin gets a phone call or maybe more likely nowadays you get a uh, you get a Facebook message. What what are they contacting you about and what's the day to day look like of being a city council person? I mean, you got, well, other than you, we me really and my complaints, right, 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 which you don't even we're both, vote. You we're don't both even guilty. Yeah, I messaged him in the last week too, <laughs> and neither of you vote for me. Gosh, what a shame. Um, I mean, I can, I can, I honestly, I'll start, uh, I'll just change my address to your house, keep a few shirts in the basement and see what happens. Listen, there's a law, a lawsuit that's been settled and it would be okay. I'm not running for that law. I could just vote from there, but park my camper in your driveway for a little while. It'd be interesting for you to ask my wife this question because, you know, when we go out to dinner as a family, inevitably having a dad that's taught here for 30 some years, uh, he had, I'm think I'm guessing like upward uh, above 50% of the population in class, but I'm always stopping and talking with somebody. A lot of times city council stuff come up. Sometimes it won't, but I mean, your normal stuff, potholes, road paving, trash issues, dilapidated houses, uncut grass. Like there was a house over uh, around G Avenue that didn't have its grass cut. Those uh, lettered streets are trouble. Um, But um, anyway, uh, but then there's some higher level stuff. Um, Some stuff that is city related and some that's county related. So, I mean, I've always told people, yes, I'm 
in a specific representative of a very specific district of our community, but we're a small enough and tight enough knit community that you should be able feel comfortable bringing, you know, any concerns to me. Um, so, I mean, race issues have come up. Um, some, some bias issues have come up. Uh, county roads have come up. And so a lot of my, what I see my job as, um, actually just did it yesterday, made an introduction, um, for somebody tackling addiction services and homelessness. It's not my job to necessarily solve that problem, especially when there's tremendous people, a couple ladies in particular, uh, who are doing way far enough, far above what the city and county government could do. But let's connect them with the right people in the city and county government to actually implement these, these, uh, resources and solutions. So a lot of it's matchmaker is essentially what you're doing. Oh, for sure. That's I, I pride myself on being a connector. Now I don't know that everybody would agree with that, but I feel like that's kind of one of my strong suits. I remember the last time I contacted Aaron, it was, I knew it wasn't a his problem. It was a, but I know Aaron will know who the best person to get a hold of to deal with the problem. We took care of it like that, didn't we? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's fixed yet or not, but they're aware. He wasn't there today, so we'll see. Bingo. And that's and that's what's really great right now is that, you know, I, I've been fortunate enough to make some key relationships in city government that and county government that I don't have any problem picking up a phone call or, or picking up the phone, making a phone call, texting, you know, whatever. And I know who I can text to at least hear me, which is, you know, it's ch- challenge in stage number one. Um, you know, whether it gets done or not, I've gotten it to the right person and I'm confident in that and I'm sure it'll get done. And that's, that's where I guess the question is, is how do you, how do you measure progress? How do you be a cheerleader? I know, We've had this conversation personally of you want to be optimistic all the time, but then you also get down, right? Oh yeah. You, you see, you're you're constantly in the slog, so you feel, you know, you, you see the frustration, and it's never right. it's never easy. So, do you see yourself being a a cheerleader for the city, and how do you how do you find ways to do that? Oh, for sure. And, and you know, understanding that I come from a uh, generation who couldn't get out of Newcastle quick enough. And I mean, I think you would again, agree your graduating class, like let's get the hell out of here and not look back. I mean, would you, you agree with that? Yeah. Not a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a contingent around and some of them I'm surprised they're around, Yeah, but there's a bunch of people like I, it's, have, I have a twin brother who is not here and, and by choice. Jared. Yeah. Uh, it, he's still close enough to visit. I get real excited. Not close huh. enough to cut his mom's grass, huh. but he's close enough huh. to visit. I get real excited when I see people come back, and I've seen that a lot in the last few years. And that, to me, honestly, that's a measuring stick. Like people want to come back, and it's usually people that want to come back and contribute. So, I mean, yes, you're exactly right. And, and my wife has caught it more than anybody else. I'll come home from some meetings and say, all right, let's sign the letter. I've got the letter ready. Just whenever I'm ready to print it and sign it, I'm out of here. Uh, and then there's some meetings. And I'm like, we're not doing enough. We're not doing enough. We got it. We got to Let's let's take the next step. Let's run for, you know, whatever. Are you telling me you have a resignation letter just on the refrigerator? I, I actually, I actually don't. It's just in my. <laughs> it's just in my mind. It's just a mental. It's I just quit. in my mind. But it's the. I think, I think everybody quits their job ten times in a week yes. in their head. No, 100. percent But I think that is the evidence of. A, a true leader is, you know, you don't want somebody that's going to sit 
and, and necessarily, I mean, this is kind of double-edged sword. You don't want somebody who's going to sit and enjoy their fruits of their labor excessively, I guess, is the caveat that I'll put in. You need to have that experience and enjoy the here and now because the good old days, Andy Bernard, are happening right now. But uh, also, you always want to improve anything. Um, in the last couple of years, you know, there for a while, I was trying to get people to tell me their uh, resolutions in regards to the city. So it, sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But the last couple of years, I've said, you know, this is the year where Newcastle needs to work on herself. You know, um, let's uh, infrastructure or park, you know, let's not have any big project. Let's not do anything new. Let's just really invest in what we have, our current assets. Um, and you, you can have that position as a city council person, but can you actually, can you, can you drive, can you drive that conversation? I think you can. And, and that's actually something else I wrote down was uh, something that's really stuck with me from you actually is that at the very least on your worst day in this position, you have a platform. You know, I've tried to keep that in mind in everything that I do, because when you do get down, you have an outlet, you have a platform to make a case for it. So anything that I bring to the table at a city council meeting is that it's a pitch. And, and um, it, you can't, there is a disconnect between projects. You can bring something to the table, but I mean, as a city council person, it's not your job to implement it. And so that is one of the biggest challenges is how do you see it through without, you know, I, I was, I'm a receipts guy. So I saw a post the other day that, you know, uh, the city council hasn't challenged the budget and it hasn't challenged the administration, haven't done this. You know how many headlines are out there about the city council micromanage is the city council micromanaging or, you know, uh, the city council at, at odds with the mayor. We've done our share of questioning, but to what end? I mean, you have to be productive. You have to get along for the common good. And so that's, that's the challenge and the, and the teetering of it is yes, bring it to the table, but how do you implement it? I've gone outside of my job description. And like I said, you know, I did a um, grant application through Indian Landmarks because we knew the Murphy building needed new windows. I got my hands dirty and listed and, and said, we don't need to pay anybody to do this streaming stuff. We don't need to pay $90,000. Like, let me, let's, let's order the stuff. I'll put it all together and make sure it works. So, I mean. Most of the time. Right. <laughs> Most, 99%. I'm going <laughs> to, it's hand sanitizer. If you buy it on the outside, it's hand sanitizer. It's still not going to work 100% of the time. Right. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, there's a disconnect. The budget, it, this is where I don't understand. And this is, this is the block and tackling the meat and potatoes of the job that I wanted to get into is you guys, the, basics for the people that don't follow city government every day is I'm much more in tune with county government than I am city government since I'm unrepresented. I, I believe that the council writes a budget or approves a budget each year, or does the mayor do that? Well, and, that, and that's just it. It's not the meat and potatoes. It's the side course for the city council. I mean, we, it, from my experience, and, and it's, you know, I've got the definition of what the city council does, and it's not the budget. I think it's a misnomer because the county of, council does the budget. The county council does the budget, and, and they're very good at being transparent. Well, I think they're very good at being transparent, and, and it's probably because I'm having conversations with the people that are involved. But um, for city council, you don't have really any input on the budget. The budget is presented. 
you vote yes or no, the numbers you get are very limited. You're, it's not incredibly in-depth. And I know the insurance item is on this list here, on your notes, I, I, the, every other line that I can read of the printing. Uh, and I know that it's a hot ticket item. And everybody who's – well, not everybody, but people that are running are using it. And I've told people, look, if I was running, I'd probably use it too because I want any advantage that I can get – if I'm running for office and I want it, now, the difference is I would be saying, I am going to do this. I am going to do that. Not they should do this and they should do that. I'm going to assume that it's my chair, but this, the budget, you get a figure in the line item using insurance as an example. That's an executive branch discussion. It's personnel issue, whatever they know what all, amounts from all these different places go into that figure. City council does not. So, I mean, I've asked the question recently, does this cover? And just because of my, your day job is an day job. I know the type of question that does this cover our expected costs for the year? And I mean, if you're answering, you're asking that question on the record, you would assume that the answer you're getting is worthy of being on the record. So at least that's why I ask the questions I do. Sometimes I ask questions on the record that I already know the answers on because it's a little litmus test of my own. And sometimes that's taught me way more than anything else. But uh, that's the hard part. I voted, I voted no on a couple budgets because I think in a community like ours, uh, public transit, needs to be bumped up. We need to have longer hours, more routes, um, parks. I hear all the time that that's the pride of our citizenry is the parks. They want to get out and enjoy them. So we need to make sure we're doing what we, what we are. And, and they are, I mean, they're fabulous. Um, and when they said, well, you can't do that. You can only pull down items. Well, I voted no and it was fine. Well, the next year I got three of my, three of my pals to vote no with me and chaos ensued. <laughs> Because if you because don't, because they pass, didn't adopt a budget, we didn't adopt a budget in that meeting. If you don't pass a budget, you revert back to the prior year's budget, and given inflation and all of that stuff, it's not good for anybody. We got a budget passed that year to get mm-hmm. out of it, and I think that was kind of a wake up call for a lot of people in terms of organization and communication. Um, what's going on throughout the year as the budget is being prepared, I can't speak to. Um, I always thought, you know, if so, I, if so I was going to run for mayor, I'm going to have conversations between the mayor and the clerk treasurer. Yeah. And hopefully, you know, the department heads, um, I think, uh, the clerk treasurer's having those conversations in terms of, you know, what you spent this year, what kind of big items do you have coming up this year? Um, hopefully also with the insurance company, like, Hey, what's this year going to look like? What all pays into this line item? Because that line item pays several different things, all insurance related, all health insurance related specifically. Um, but you have to, uh, take that total and aggregate in order to cover your expenses. Otherwise you end up million dollars in the hole. So it would, and, and, and that's a million the, dollars that, in the hole for that. Year. That's what we keep hearing is that it's, it's in, you know, it's in, in, in debt, right? We keep hearing the phrase from the Morgan for mayor camp campaign, uh, that the insurance fund has been mm-hmm. negative and it has been for, right. You know, for, and that's, for, and that's for, owing for years. That's owing ourselves. We're in debt to ourselves. Um, and, and you know, I, I see, I see Brenda, you know, I, I've talked with Brenda, 
um, quite a bit the last couple of years. Brenda's the current and Brenda's, outgoing, retiring yes. clerk treasurer. Yes, thank you. And and she is uh, has been willing to listen to me, willing to dig in. She is, I know she is having those conversations with department heads. I mean, that's honestly what it takes to, to make sure your budget's good for the year. I mean, we can't go make more widgets to cover, you know, a, a special project. And unfortunately, that's the case. But- well, here's the thing. Councilman, uh, my taxes have been raised. My local income taxes have been raised like three mm-hmm. times in the last decade. Right. Uh, once, once for public safety, we had another one where it was to pay for the jail. Mm-hmm. And now we've got a third time coming where it's going to be for 911. I think it's got a fancy name that we keep talking about that I keep forgetting. Uh, PSAP, the PSAP oh, tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, in July, maybe in June, the, the Courier Times had this big story right. where they came out and they they talked to every county city council person and said, "Hey, <laughs> how would you how would voted? you vote on this thing?" Because you're not off the hook. Apparently, the and I, Aaron corrected me between when I made the show notes and when when we actually started this discussion. If a county or a community wants to increase your taxes. It has to go before a special board if they go yeah. more than 0.1% tax increase. And they did that with Lowit. Right. That was that was a year that was the year. It was a campaign year actually during Lowit for a city, not for the county. Which is interesting that the PSAP would come up in a city election year and not a county election year. I, I thought that was ironic and, and interesting that it happened that way. But yes, so I mean it, it came up. I I reached out to Butch Baker, who's uh, the head of nine one one currently. Um, and had conversations because what I was picking up from the county council and, and through uh, Rex Peck and Paul, who's the president of our council, it, it was enough to get an idea, but I needed details. Um, and, and the communication, you know, from the start it was a little touch and go, but I went, I went to Butch and had a sit down conversation with him for an hour. It was super fruitful, understood everything, disagreed with it. And told him that he told him that, you know, this this sit down was really two way. I wanted him to give me context, but I also wanted him to have context if I was going to vote no so that he didn't think that I was just flipping him the bird. Um, so because it was over point one or it was proposed to be over point one, the city, the county. And I think it's a couple towns. Yeah, too, all the, there are towns representatives. Percentage. Yeah. But essentially, if the county and the city both agree, then hell with what everybody else no, thinks. Right. Exactly. And, and I mean, I think kind of the- we treat we treat Knightstown like Guam around here is essentially <laughs> what happens. That's the way the rules work. I mean, you're probably Middletown is American Samoa and Knightstown is Guam. Gosh. Uh, and Strawn would be um, Strawn would be you know, DC. A map graphic of that would be <laughs> to hang in the home would be incredible, actually. Uh, judgmental maps of Henry County. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the the conversations were that, you know, city council, I think the vibe we had put out was that, you know, we weren't all into that. I think there may have been a resolution or was going to be a resolution um, because I mean, to be quite honest, the point nine was getting them, you know, I don't have the figures in front of me, 10, 10 years, maybe 15. I can't remember. It was enough time for them to put together a contingency plan for sustainability. And to me, I mean, that seemed good enough. I don't know why they would go for 0.1, which is just a tenth higher or a hundredth higher 
just to bring in it, it seemed like just they create, wanted our heads on the on the stick as well the, which well, is, i mean it they should went be. from creating 4800 feet of ru- runway to 4850 feet of runway yeah exactly right? that's the that's right. the difference that it right. was going to and do and that's and that's what i i actually asked a, a couple of county representatives i said you know if you're bringing us in why wouldn't you just go for 0.12 and make sure this is good for a while let's just be done with it and we'll you know everybody will hate us and it'll be done everybody nobody will have any money left at all no but this issue actually specifically you know when i was when i was talking about running for state representative i knew the property tax caps were hot just from my conversation on city council um you know people that have expensive property don't pay that percentage it's affecting nobody else um uh, you know they've capped uh all these other taxes they're giving money back at the state house they're these heroes in this limestone building in indianapolis and they're making and i've heard you also say they're loading the gun and cocking it and they're going to make you pull the trigger because for a local government city county township whatever to function we have to have more finances and they're choking us at indianapolis and they're saying hey well you've got this tax that you haven't maxed out you've got this tax that you haven't maxed out you're just you just need to max out all your taxes and then you'll be fine but they're not going to sit in the grocery line with the people that are voting i'm going to sit in the grocery line with the people that are voting and that conversation is not one i'm going to want my kids to hear so that was that was a question that i had was that are you satisfied with the way we fund local government I mean, because not not the not the hey, do you get enough money? But the method, right? Right. Because we have this. This came out today. Uh, Lieutenant Governor (laughs) Suzanne Crouch is running for lieutenant governor or running for governor, (laughs) and she wants to eliminate the state income tax. Beautiful, right? So that's her that's her plan. But it doesn't say. I don't know if she's going to eliminate the county option income taxes that are there, right? Or if it's just going to be another hey, we're going to get rid of the state tax. And I don't know how this works, right? Is it, is, is it at, is eight o'clock the threshold? Yep. You're good. Show? You're okay. good to go. So you're going to cut income tax, which sounds great. I actually just told my child who's, you know, going to be 18 in January, going to vote in this gubernatorial race. Um, we were talking conspiracy theories and you know how much actually I think he, he had said something about, I trust this more than I do the landing on the moon. I said, don't tell that to Buzz Aldrin because he'll punch your lights out. <laughs> But I said, I'm not worried about the moon landing. I'm worried about my taxes. So, yes, Hoosier, should Hoosiers have their money? Do Hoosiers know how to spend it better? Yes. Are Hoosiers going to pay to pave their roads to fix their their uh, clean water delivery infrastructure? Hell no, they're not going to do that. Why would they do that? Well, that's the government's problem. But we're all doing that through user fees. That's not through the income tax. Uh, we're our not roads, through specifically roads, the roads, income our tax. Our roads are getting paved through a user tax But what's tax the user fuel? fee going to actually go to? I mean, theoretically, if it's in a non-reverting fund, as this came up uh, a couple meetings ago, if it's in a non-reverting fund, it should go right back there. But if you've strapped a local government in, in all these other different ways, it's not going to be good. And again, on, on horse and shining armor, uh, this gubernatorial candidate is going to ride off into the sunset, a hero, while the people that are shopping groceries with their neighbors are just getting melee because fix my road. Why are you taking all my, where are my, where are my local taxes going? Why is my road crap? Why is my trash not getting picked up? Why does this, I mean, it's Why just does my front yard leak. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, see, honestly, so the state's sitting on, I don't know, what is it, eight billion still? I Nine billion? Billion, billion, billion here, billion there. Nobody yeah, knows. Yeah, yeah. And so they're going to mandate that the, you, you separate the stormwater from the sewer water, but what, what good happens, luck signing that check on your own, buddy. What happens is that they won't really say how much they have until the last possible minute. Yeah. There's a projection, and they're like, well, it could be, it could be seven billion, but we won't know until the projection comes in. So we can't, they, you know, they have a long session. They meet in January. But they won't really make the decision until April of that year and then right. have a 10-minute conversation and say, here's what we decided to do. Well, and, and I, That's the way I've seen the budget process work in Indiana for a decade. And I think I shot a text message to Representative Criswell, and I said, hey, something to consider for next session. You know, the, the state mandated the stormwater separation project, unfunded, because unfunded mandates are fun. They put the fun in unfunded. Um, when I bought my house ten years ago, my sewer bill, my sewer and water bill was about twenty eight dollars a month, and I think it was one hundred and nine when I just paid oh it. Oh my gosh, it's insane! And that's my mom calls me twice a year, and she lives in my ward. I I have to have one vote to get elected, and I'm not sure it's going to come from my family. Um, but you know, how about some uh, funded mandates for clean water delivery? You know, what can the state do? They they always tell us that those billions of dollars are for a rainy day. Well, guess what? It's a effing rainy day now um, in not just Henry County, but every county that's outside of Marion County or Hamilton County or, you know, the Donut counties. Donut County seem to be doing fine. And that's total judgment, by the way. Uh, I have no foundation uh, to make that statement on. But, uh, you know, all of the rural counties hey, listen, are just the roundabouts struggling. Are the, the sign of a county doing well is how many roundabouts you have. <laughs> and I know we're getting roundabouts in Henry County. It's going to yeah. be – the, the cavalry is coming, okay? Right. Our status symbols are on their way. I'm ready. We're getting one. We're, I don't mind We're them. getting one at, uh, at, at Shenandoah, up in front of Shenandoah on 36 and uh, – oh. and, and, is, and is that for real? Yeah, Indot's got it. Yeah, they're doing it. What are they going to do with the house? Uh, not my problem. Uh, but it's coming. I, like, there's a house. It's going to surely be offset. There's a right? house like eight feet yeah. off Listen, of the road. It's going to be offset. We have, we, have, we have roundabouts that have graveyards in the middle of them. We They've got contingency plans for anything. We put a windmill in the middle of it. need to. They can, they can do whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's an idea. <laughs> it's, the, it's the county maybe flower. A, maybe a statue. I don't know. A, a memorial. But I mean, I I went kind of on a rant there, but it, I think at the heart of it, this is very real, and you can't have a conversation with anybody in Indianapolis about this because just like some of the candidates that were on stage at the presidential debate last night, they're all super polished. They all have their canned statements. I I remember asking Brian Bosma, all of eight foot three inches of him, uh, at an AIM legislative dinner. I said, why don't you come to Newcastle? Let's grab a steak sandwich at the ice house and talk road funding. Now they'll say, and Senator Lysing told me former, our former Senator Lysing, uh, told me, you know, the state's got all this money and they just want you to put your hand out. So they want you to beg for it is basically what she's saying. They want you to beg for it. They don't know, they don't know their districts well enough to know what is needed. They rely on us, but they're also putting us on the hot seat to make horrible. I mean, I don't fault the county. The, the county had a terrible decision. Do we let 911 go under? <laughs> or do we raise taxes? That's the shittiest decision that's the, that you have to make. That, that's literally the Russian roulette game. Exactly. Of lo- load the gun, 
you pull the trigger. And one of the decisions means that EMS won't come to help yeah. you after you shot yourself. Yeah. Or, or, or <laughs> you're going to get hold music. You're going to call 911. Yeah. You're going to get hold music for five minutes. And, and you know, our 911 in emergency responders, you hear over the last three or four years, the lives they've saved from suicide, uh, you know, the fires they've been able to get to in time to save some buildings and, and, and more importantly, save some people. I mean, it, it's, it's, Stroke victims, heart attack victims. It was hard. It was hard for me to tell Butch that this isn't the way to do it because the county years ago, under a completely different administration and council, really had low at dollars. We've city council, and and this is uh, you know, kudos to our finance committee, but the city council has used our low at money for capital expenses, which are not normal occurrences. They're big, big ticket items that are would be hard to pay for otherwise. Um, that's the stuff you use the low it for, so that your budget can maintain and stay the same. So because the low it money is not guaranteed, right? Or it's a, it's, it's a, it's, it's filling a gap. Right. In, in theory, you know, as we've had perfect world, right? As we've had all of the ARP, the American Rescue yes. Plan money come in. Yes. Those are things where you want to do big projects that don't continue to require money down the road when right. that money runs out. Yeah, yeah, no, that's definitely one way to think of it. The ARP money is just weird because, you know, from inception to today, the regulations have gotten so loose. We could probably buy Band Aid. Well, I mean, Band Aids would kind of make sense because they're health related. But I mean, you could buy almost anything, fund anything with the ARP money at this point. And guess what? I, I'm pretty sure it's use it or lose it. Yeah, it's free money. Got to, so. got to do it. All right, so let's talk about city ordinances. This is where you first got in the crosshairs of Young Dakota Davis mm-hmm. on this program when you and tried, would do it again in a heartbeat. when you tried to ban smoking. Yes, in which public, in a public place, I in a public place, we were going to have the first boss hog smoke in outside of a city council meeting. And then you backed down because Dakota scared you. Oh, did I? I think so. Oh, That's gosh. the way we remember it. And again, I think you figured I was already illegal, wasn't it? Again, 30, 30 year old, 30 year old Aaron Dickin and 37 year, year old Aaron Dickin are two completely different people. I would have been so calm and cool. And, you know, I enjoy cigar every once in a while. But, uh, you know, all of my resolution pitches, ordinance pitches, whatever, are have been in my mind. And again, this is something to think about on both sides of, you know, whether you're an elected official or not, have been what I think would improve our community. Um, so actually, on city property, you can't smoke. And that includes the parks, um, which kind of tackles what I was going for. So we can't um, smoke on a sidewalk uh, outside a bar uh, at the town tavern actually i think the health department it, it, well maybe that's just restaurants you have to be 25 you have feet. to be eight feet away or whatever you have to be so many feet away from the door yeah. state law says you have to be a certain distance from maybe the door, that's right? it but uh i mean if it's city property you're you're it's supposed to be illegal now again Side, the conversation are, we've sidewalks are city property till Thomas you have time to pay for them oh that's true that's true grant money um <laughs> The conversations that we have is to, and I've kind of taken this approach to when somebody comes and asks me about changing the speed limit in your neighborhood, especially if it's not on a main thoroughfare. To enforce an ordinance, a law, it takes what? Force. Yes. Guys so, with guns. So I'll change the speed limit to 30 miles an hour, 20 miles an hour on Cherry Street, for example. But if nobody's there to enforce it, what are we really doing? I think we're making 
number one, we're, we're making people feel better, which I think does account for something and is, is valuable to a certain extent. And number two, I've learned that doing this, even in that ordinance with Dakota and Clay and you, it's raising the conversation, you know? Uh, and, and I think there's something to be said about having those conversations, whether it goes through or not, and, because I think Dakota won't admit it um, unless he's had a couple of rum runners on the beach. But uh, I'm going to say uh, he's Bahama Mamba. <laughs> I, I'm going to say frozen Bahama, for yeah. sure. Frozen Dark for and sure. stormy. So yeah. I don't know. With the extra whipped cream and the, two cherries. The chat can be guessing what Dakota's <laughs> drinking on the beach tonight. Um, even, I don't think he would admit it, but I think he would, a, a small part of him would see how maybe that is a good idea, but logistically speaking, it's not. And, and vice versa for me. I understand the pitch from, from your guys' side in that specific scenario. Uh, you know, but I've got my own perceptions. So, that's where communication, both within city government, uh, administration to council, city to county, city, county, state to county to city, you know, whatever, the communication has to be there. And sometimes it's absent, um, uh, which is really a shame. And I've brought that up a couple of times, especially uh, with city and county, like, hey, uh, we could really benefit from some pretty um, – uh, consistent communication between councils and executives, um, and, and maybe even CC our state representatives so they know what's going on. But, uh, again, I'm just a city council person. I'd say that in public. I'm just a city council person. Said it the other day. I have no decision making power, but I've got a platform. So have you noticed you, you represent the fourth ward? Yes. And I believe Riley Road is included in that. That's the birthplace of Aaron Dickens. So, so Riley Road, if you go from the west to east, mm -hmm. is a 20 mile an hour zone, mm -hmm. uh, starting way the hell out, mm -hmm. damn near in Henry Township. Uh, and then I'm pretty sure that it's just kind of a, we don't even know how fast you can go heading west once you leave the school. Yeah. Okay. What's the that story? Way, what's right? the story? Yeah. What's the story? Do you, when you, when you set a speed limit, do you have to set it like the same thing going each direction, each bound, or is it inbound and outbound different? So, and how, who, something I've learned is if it's unposted, the city ordinance says it's 30 miles an hour. Now, posting is a little different because if you're coming from west to east, you see a 20 mile an hour sign either before you go down the hill at Co like around Kovacs, or you're coming up the hill heading east. There's a 20 mile an hour sign, plain, white, black, 20 mile an hour. Yeah. And then, and then the next sign, the is, next sign is, is 20 miles an hour when children present. And I brought this up. We can speed up unless there's right. kids there. Now we can speed up to 30 and just stay the hell out of the road. I had a, a full blown conversation, um, with the assistant police chief, uh, Justin Wardlow, who I will praise up and down, left and right to any stranger because he is one of the best communicators, one of the best leaders our city has. We're incredibly lucky to have him and his family in Newcastle because the leadership quality, uh, uh, it's just hard to find. But had a conversation with him, and he stated that it is 20 miles an hour. Now, you had posed the question, does it, is it directional? And that kind of came up at the last meeting because at the gateways, I could see if you're coming into town, on Grand Avenue or whatever it's called out in yeah. the county. If you're coming into town, I could see, hey, 
we need to trigger down to 30 miles an hour. But if you're going the opposite way and you're leaving town on Grand Avenue, you're going to have that trigger up. Now, it'd be interesting to color code those zones and see if that's how it works. I'm not a traffic engineer, you know, and there, there's a certain... But uh, you're tasked with deciding. Oh, for sure. And so when I've changed... Because if you go Main Street, right, this is all right. around Riley Elementary School, which is your 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 uh, uh, your alma mater, uh, right. so to speak. Bulldog heading, alum, check in. If you're, <laughs> if you're heading southbound past the school, me too. Yeah. On on Main Street, yeah, I'm pretty sure you have to be once again damn near out of the city before you're allowed to go 30 miles an hour again. That could be, and, and you know. Again, some of this, some of this should need updating. Or it is review. like the zoning, okay? And, and I know we we got zoning in here as well. I was just told the other day that zoning hadn't been updated since the seventies, and, and so uh, because it's a big project, it's a big undertaking. The key is you don't have to be the smartest person in the room. It doesn't have to be your idea. You just get it to the right person. So yeah. City council is ultimately deciding on speed limits, on uh, zoning, and they've got different committees and boards to advise them, but it's ultimately city council's decision. I voted, I mean, the zoning board approved uh, a rezone in a residential area for Little Caesars, and I thought that that was a bad idea because of the foot traffic and the car traffic and where it was located. To me, in my mind, it just didn't make sense, and I had people living in that neighborhood, uh, residents, reach out and say, hey, not for this. So it, it doesn't mean it's going to pass, but um, you have to rely on the, the police department. You have to rely on traffic engineers. You have to rely on the street department to tell to advise you on this. And I think what's most important, and I know that some are putting out there that, you know, when's the last time you've heard from your city council person? When we've changed the speed limit, I typically try to go knock on doors. We had a parking. We wanted to remove parking from one side. That was suggested. I went down the whole street and up the other street and took survey. And it just wasn't. Why are you asking me that? It wasn't important to them, the people who it would affect daily. So I think whether you're passing through there or not, it's going to more effectively in that scenario uh, impact the people that live there every day. So why not take that into consideration when you're making that decision? So when I report back as a committee person, you know, traffic committee uh, have not changed off of that committee. And ooh, I'll tell you what, there's no winning. There's no winning when you're on the traffic committee. But That's uh, where the real power is. That, yeah, exactly. Is city traffic. Committee. Right. And you're just always going to get calls. Um, it, it's important to ask the people who it's going to affect. So now that we got our non-answer on if you're going to fix Riley Road or not. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring that up, and I'm going to bring the yard up literally tomorrow. The The city has been working on adding, in your time, they've added some recognition for some bicycle, making this city more bicycle-friendly, <laughs> where you, you painted the little guys with the sombreros uh, on the, the road. Sheros. Yes. Uh, we, have, we, have, we have a uh, a walking path that almost gets all the way down to Woodbrook. Yep. Uh, it was promised that it was going to get all the way down to Woodbrook mm. uh, and the hundreds of people that are overtaxed down in that area. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, I think that was state funded. I think it was a state grant. And it's almost like the state didn't have enough money. It didn't, it's weird. It didn't quite work out. Just a, a few billion short. Are these are these things going to happen at some point? Are there are there intentions to make more walking paths, more trails, more more accessible things? As I've traveled the country in the last year or so, mm-hmm. it's been really cool. We bring our bikes, right? Yeah. And it's, hey. 
this we go to Petoskey, Michigan, and I can I can I have twenty miles of a wheelway that I can ride on my bicycle, and we can go to the ice cream shop. We can do whatever. Oh yeah. Are there ways that the city can try to be more accessible to to make that happen? Most importantly, and is it a priority? I guess. I mean, priorities relative. I guess depending on who you ask. Um, I think it's an important part of the conversation. Um, I mean, you guys can't tell me that you haven't been driving down State Road Three in the middle of winter and seen people walk in the big slopes that the uh, you know plows have made along the side of the road, either walking to work at a restaurant. I see or, folks walking from mm-hmm. the city, and this is why I ask it all the time. It's not entirely about me, but I in my in my, the fact that my neighborhood yeah. comes like a few hundred feet short. Right. But I see folks from Newcastle walk to Walmart to yep. go to work yep. every single day. That's common. It's and common. you see you see workers running up and down the State Road 3 corridor every single day yep. that are trying to just simply get to their job yep. or get to school. And, wh- and whether it's the environmentally conscientious or it's the people that don't have a choice and they're wanting to check in or clock in for work, that part of it is irrelevant. It, the most relevant part of it is how can we safely get these people from point A to point B? State Road 3 is a main thoroughfare. There's a lot of activity on State Road 3. I think this, the, it's hard when you're working on a project with the city. And I know our regional NDOT, uh, a couple of those guys are, are really great communicators. A couple of those people are. Um, but it's kind of changed. And that's what's hard is uh, I think I remember them saying 2023 at one point was the goal. And now I think it may even be 2025 at this point. Um, But they are trying to incorporate some sort of walking path, sidewalk, whatever. And it doesn't matter to me, right? Like I, do you remember when they were putting in the walking path around that end of the, of the city, people were so like, that's not a sidewalk. Like it's a place where people can walk safely. Um, it became so, a walking path because it was asphalt. Yes, exactly. <laughs> which, exactly. Which I will point out again. I admit, if you're on a bike and you're or you're running, it's actually nicer than a sidewalk because if you cross 100%. Raleigh Road in the middle of his ward, the road between there and Baker Park, Oof. there is a street cut or curb cut for every single driveway. <laughs> you cannot wheelchair. Bicycle, no. whatever. You're not doing it. You're going to be in the road. No. So that path Stroller. is actually far superior to this. Right. And I, and I get long-term life, whatever. But yeah, just a point to bring up. The yeah. sidewalk on the other side of Riley Road, if you are a kid riding home from Riley School, you're either in the road yep. or you are hitting a curb every like 80 yep. feet. Oh, not For, even that. Like every 10 feet. Yeah, yeah, right. Down and up, down and up. Yep. It's it's awful, and and you know I walked to school a lot when I went to Riley. And there's no and sidewalks my parents, from your house. I think we're pretty nervous about it because, and we live pretty close, so it probably wasn't that big of a deal. But uh, I think uh, actually the Sproles has lived in in the house a, a few down from me, and I know more than one one time I think I slam dunked her clothesline. Uh, it'd be Tom and John's mom, uh, and I heard a knock on the window, and I f- saw a shaking finger. Um, so, I mean. I think it's really important on that aspect for safety and and transportation for people that need that. On the other hand, just like the parks, I'm seeing that our trails, whether it's the Wilbur Wright trail, the Rose city trail, whatever are one of the bigger draws. I mean, Trojan woods, the skate park, it's all right there and connected is a big draw for our community, whether you live here or you're a visitor, my dream. and, And I know these conversations existed for a while 
was, you know, to connect, uh, you know, to where people could go to TS Tech or Boar's Head for work and, and on a, a walking path or bike trail. Um, I always thought it'd be cool. We don't have a canal, but like those uh, railroad bikes, you know, to have the armory turned into a brewery. This was before it was what it is now. And you could have a trail along the railroad. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that people are looking for in a community like ours. Um, so, I mean, I think it, it, it's growing, much like pickleball. I mean, I think we could stand. I actually sent a map with uh, an area circled downtown to a couple of people that are historic preservation money. And I said, I mean, what would you guys really say if there were four pickleball courts right here downtown? And, and they, they liked the idea because it's, it's, a hot, it's a hot sport. And I think it will be usable regardless. I would, I would also say to just as a priority, I'm trying to remember, I, I attend Mr. Dickens' meetings with the city. It has been a priority because it's like... You're talking about me, not my Yeah, there's oh, zones. Okay. Like there's different parts of town and they can't spread and they get a lot of heat for it. They can't spread the money all over the city all at one time. And so like lately, I would say that the... Um, focus has been the north end of town with the Fitzgerald Trail, mm-hmm. which is a trail that's like about a little over a mile, I think, that goes around like the Osborne Park area, and they're trying to connect that to the hospital. And so that's been a very specific thing that they've been. I know Rex, that's kind of, I would say that's kind of Rex Peckinpah's baby, where he's been wanting to get these sidewalks to connect the hospital to the school. And make, and so that that is a thing that I think as, it, as they can, they mm-hmm. are trying to continuously do it, but they have to be very selective about where they can do it because it's like, oh, we're going to give – if we give every ward right. this much feet, then they're all going to get like a 100 foot of path and yeah, it's not yeah, going to go right, anywhere right. as opposed to we can go put you know, five or 600 feet somewhere else and, and get something done. And that's the goal, right? Connect south side, uh, east side to the west side, north side, and then you're, you're looking at connecting communities. Like how can I go explore Knightstown you know, on my bike from my home in Newcastle? I mean that would be great uh, to do it that way. Well, you could take your kayak. Uh, it's just a bitch getting back home. Um, <laughs> it's why the canoeing the blue. Lot, I was like, I've walked a lot more than I expected. It's a whole lot easier to get to Knightstown on your canoe than it is to get back home uh, with your canoe. The same, I mean, to piggyback real quick off of what Zach just said, the same is about road funding, too. Uh, looking at next year, what roads need paved in your ward. And I drove around. I mean, the roads that need paved are the roads in the neighborhoods that aren't being traveled a lot unless you live back in there. I'm Those pretty people sure, pay taxes. I'm pretty sure that whatever roads need paved are going to be the ones that are getting ready to have a water main break. I mean, <laughs> yeah, just ask Mike, just ask, just ask Greg Phipps. Yeah. Greg Phipps is like, don't touch it, man. We haven't been there in a couple don't years. It's, it. it's like, it's like, it's like a geyser. It's due. It's just due for something. As yeah. soon as you pave it, that's when the water main underneath it's or, or actually, or when an unrelated utility decides that, hey, guys, we need to cut holes in this road. Because that happened like yes. they immediately like, like, they it, paved in front of Baker Park and immediately like the gas company came and just punched a hole through the asphalt. And then they kind of like, yeah, well, we kind of fix it. And then they just – and it's it's never right again. It reminds was, me of Dakota saying, I'm the first one on the new road from cars. And then, <laughs> oh, boom, we got a utility cut. But that's the hard balance of it is that these people in neighborhoods pay taxes for their roads. So at some point – We've got to hit their roads as well. And I really, I mean, it's not really fair that my neighbors live next to me because I feel really weird saying, hey, my road, and my it is terrible. Really it, it, it really is terrible. 
uh, and there are several in Sunnyside in that neighborhood too that could really use it. Have you tried so. getting a podcast? Because Zach got all of his roads paved, and so did I this year. In the both, last year, I live on a corner, yeah. and well. both of my streets are on the list this year. And, and Jeremy, I didn't even notice. And Jeremiah's like, "Look at Zach getting favoritism for going to meetings." I'm like, "Dude, uh-huh. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah." I'm guess I'm but, guessing that I've. Uh, up to the size of my spoon one too many times to stir it up and people just start looking into that. For I wonder if mine's just because I'm in, a, in one of the neighborhoods where the gas company has torn into my, like yeah. eight ways to, I still have kind of like a, I, it's not a hole anymore. It's like a gravel pit in my front yard where they dug up. So two, two things real quick. And I guess we do need to move on, but uh, has anybody considered that pickleball might turn into high lie where it's a oh. really big thing in the eighties and then it's just an abandoned I mean, project. Is that, do we have a highlight field still left over? Maybe in Osborne Park? I don't know. I Not that I'm aware of, but that would be super cool if we did. Uh, so when I played tennis in Kids, high school. you can Google highlight. J-A-I. And it's not the beer. <laughs> no, it's not, not the, beer. the beer. Not the microbrew. Uh, when I was in high school, we ragged on the pickleball players all the time because we'd come out to tennis practice and there'd be chalk lines all over the tennis courts. And we'd have to pour our water on it and, and like use our foot to scrub it off and whatever. I went and played for the, like, I think the first, I don't even think I played in PE, but the first time the other day with Gary Thornhill, Steve Finnegar, and John Allenbaugh. And it, there are some things that translate over from tennis, playing doubles especially, and there's some things that don't. And it was a riot. And, and I think that it's been growing for a couple of years. But I only see it like right now, really catching fire in Newcastle, dude. If I, for all ages, Braylon at eight, at seventeen is into it. I was I stayed in Normal, Illinois, at the Loves Travel Center campground. Wow! And they have a pickleball court. Yeah, that they built for the campground. It is like the thing. It's the amenity people want right now. It is. I I, mean, I just I, wonder if it's going to go away. I mean, <laughs> here's the thing: if it goes away, guess what? You've got a really great foundational pad for something for something because else. you know it's flat you know it's smooth yeah i was gonna say it's that's, that's what, what that, i think it, about the old tennis courts at the high school like if they wanted to build something on that it's pretty much already started they could just build on that and it'd be fine yeah, i was gonna say if you, you put some downtown and just like convert like it's newcastle just yeah. make them basketball courts bingo if you don't need them anymore and then we do like basketball lives here uh so any comments on the state road three project as far as the uh, accounts the candidate Clay uh, for mayor, Clay Morgan for mayor, has been talking about ways that the city can try to affect local businesses and help them out and and help them weather the storm that's going to come. And that that comes, I think, from seeing what the State Road 38 project, what kind of impact it had on our community. And what's hard is, you know, the meetings that I was in, it did not happen like I remember those meetings going. They weren't weren't planning on a Buick yeeting itself off into the into the, well, the middle of the river i'm thinking downtown but yes also that <laughs> you you can't control certain things like people that are going to send it um, greenfield drivers man yeah exactly but you know for the 38 downtown project i the way i understood it was it was going to be closed in sections basically making downtown still you know travelable and, and, and accessible and they shut it completely down and it was awful. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't disagree with clay. Like everybody's got to be on the same page, including in dot. And really 
Yes, it's your city, and I think Mayor York had gone to bat more than once and actually toe-to-toe from one uh, that I drove by and saw during the 38 Project. Uh, you've got to you know, stand up for the city of Newcastle and the community and, and the business owners and the travelers and you know everything trying to get from point A to point B. So you're, even though there is that, you're also somewhat beholden to NDOT because they're the one that's funding the project. Now, again, we've got some really great communicators, um, and, and I think it seems as though the little that I've been involved in, um, everybody's on the same page and everybody's trying to work together, which is great. And so now, yes, what can we do as a community to prepare for this? Um, but again, you've got to kind of take your your calls from NDOT. So... <laughs> Mike Broyles is talking about crack, but I think he's talking about roads. Um, no, he's talking about pickleball court. He's, oh, he's talking about pickleball court. Yeah, if you knew, if you knew the the drama this that the city council dealt with with the pickleball court research, which I think is finally fixed. It's, it was nice out there when I played. Yeah, yeah. But like good. at one point, I had a drone shot that I was actually not even meant to get in. I was at the new skate park, and then it looked like the pickleball court had been duct taped back together, and I think that they were struggling to get the. Uh, installer to come back and deal and, with their product. And I think it was sent to somebody who found out that it could spell help with an <laughs> exclamation point. I, allegedly. I don't know who that would have been. So anything else on the city council side you want to cover? No, I mean, I think, I mean, I would hope that people think that I'm accessible. Are you, and, in, the, are you in the phone book, sir? Yeah. Yellow pages turned. No, uh, <laughs> I mean, information's on the city website. I'm always accessible through my Facebook page at Primo, at, you know, wherever I happen to be, walking to Kai's, uh, school functions, whatever. Um, and I, I hope people get the idea that I'm considerate regardless of whether we agree or disagree because that is what it takes to actually weigh an idea. You have to consider all sides. You can't just ramrod your way through. Now, uh, you know, to quote Darren Jacobs, and I was looking for a way to get his name in here. Comrade. Yeah. Uh, to some extent, I've been voted in to represent people, and they trust me because of that. But at the same time, we got to be considerate and have that communication. And so, yeah, I mean, reach out to your representatives, city, county, state. Like, that's what they're there for. Uh, doesn't mean you have to be rude, um, but just communicate. In an update from the last episode we had two weeks ago, uh, the Fault in Our Stars got moved. John Green, Indiana author, yeah, noted pace car driver from the uh, a, the uh, the original Angelus Grand Prix, TikTok celebrity, TikTok celebrity, Indianapolis realtor. I believe he was trying to sell a house in Irvington this week. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, and also uh, a guy that can do a thirty-minute impromptu speech on tuberculosis. Uh, yep. <laughs> these are all all things Bro- from his recent Wait, what's TikTok. What did he say? Brother to Hank Green. Yes. Yeah. Brother to Hank Green. Uh, his book got moved by the uh, Hamilton County uh, East Library Board. Uh, they had a meeting today. Uh, I, I assume in response to us bringing light to the issue two weeks ago on this program, uh, they had. Multiple inquiries from Ethan Britt and the uh, Indiana Public Access uh, uh, Counselor. They canceled three executive sessions this week. They changed their meeting time uh, by three hours, and they um, 
they had a couple of members meet with their attorney in a local coffee shop and kind of got their hands left around for that too, potentially. Solid. Uh, they did decide to pause and rescind their uh, policy that relocated all of these teen books. Uh, so now the librarians, I believe, have to move them all again. Uh, the poor executive director, uh, I was watching the, the, the lady try desperately trying to get some clarity, uh, cause she could just hear that she had been thrown into an absolute, oh, yeah, for sure, of, of trying to do the will of this board and deal with the public and the outcry. Uh, because they're, I mean, because it's a library board, right? right? And they, she all of a is going to be easily accessible, up, yeah. not the board. Yeah. Um, Spectacular, but I, I think the boss hog bump caused them yeah. to reconsider, uh, and they have now made this book available again. Once again, they don't photo ID you when you when you go to look at a, at a library book, and it's not behind. I know that you probably were a good boy and never went looking at the family video, uh, but it's not behind the Western style gates. <laughs> Gosh, what a throwback! What a throwback. At the family video Dollar General. Do you ever go to the milk case over there and just think about what used to be? I haven't, but now I'm going to for sure. Not the milk case. I think it's like personal care items. I think you're right. Or I think you're milk, right. Maybe the like cold twice. stuff's on the right. Yeah. It's where all the jams and I'm jellies just amazing are kept. That they don't think they're for, they're for real. Like, I mean, this doesn't exist anymore, I bet. But like, there's some kids just not going to walk over and try and find an anatomy book somewhere in the nonfiction section and hope that it's got like nudie pics in it or something or go through an old <laughs> National Geographic. They're worried about John Green's book. Well, what I love about this, and you know, we had a conversation about this at my mom's house and I had to figure out a way to work that in too because my uh, I think both my brothers are watching but Wes is in the chat uh, you know my mom does not have a Facebook she communicates through my father's Facebook and now apparently my brother too but um, my f- my favorite thing and what I find the most admirable in people is what was John's Green John Green's response when they said hey we're moving your book back his his response was repeal your policy you yeah. morons what about the other books yeah what about the other authors? It's not about me. Exactly. I'm the, I'm, I have a voice, God. but just repeal your stupid policy. Because to the letter of your policy, you do need to ban my book. Your policy is stupid, is yeah, what he was saying. Right. I mean, those are the people that I just crave to be in these government leadership positions because it's not about them. It's not about their idea. It's not about their vanity. It's about the core issue, the core value of what's at hand. The the most there – there is – I, I – tangentially paid a little bit of attention to the national GOP debate. And I thought, great, this is at four years we waited. And our great hope is one of these people to give us some, a different option. And I think this is freaking terrible <laughs> uh, again. Uh, and I'm, I, it's not my party, right? I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm a, I'm a, a tortured libertarian. Uh, don't really have not found a horse to back anywhere along the line. Uh, but you want you want good quality candidates from all parties so that you right. have a you have a, a race where you go, give me some good options, give, make this a hard choice because I want to choose between some good candidates. And it's just yep. I, I'm not optimistic. There's one person in D.C. now at this point that I'm like, yes, that person I could support, I could give money to, and I would do the work yeah. for. And, it's, and, he's <laughs> and a, I agree, Pete Jeff, Buttigieg. Oh no, uh, he's not elected official. Jeff, Jeff Jackson, the North Carolina yes. Congressman. Yes. He is. He is. Yeah. He's a freshman. Please uh, look him up on yeah. Instagram. And again, he's it speaking all directly comes down to, to communication. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And I could, the, the best thing or something that people should take a note because people are like, oh, he's going to be whatever. I had to look up his, what his party was. His mm-hmm. chats on Instagram are not about the topics. It's about the mechanics yep. of how 
dysfunctional Congress is, and they're fascinating. And but he's he's not screaming. Nope. He's not. He has his voice is ASMR. It really, like is. he is just yeah. dead. Like he's like the nicest right. guy in the world. You just want to go have a beer with him in a restaurant or whatever. And yes. in this, in in about two years, he'll have no job at all because they're trying to redraw yep. him out. Gerrymander him out. Gerrymander him out. He's not. He's not extreme enough. And that's what I have found. And what I thought when I was, you know, I, I'm I don't watch the news all that much at all because I find it droning and negative. Um, I try to stay out of national politics a lot because I find it droning and negative. So I was scrolling TikTok looking at clips of the debate and I actually <laughs> saw a comment about Nikki Haley. Like you could tell she was a Democrat, but she again was kind of middle of the road last night, but we have now created uh, an environment in national politics, especially, and I think it's crept down into the state house because you talk to some of those people over there, and I mean, gosh, cut from the same cloth. We don't elect public servants; we elect entertainers. We want to be entertained. We want somebody, whoever we vote for, our team or our our player, to own whoever it is and, and chastise them publicly instead of disagree with them. I mean. To get on the debate stage for for the challenging party this time, you had to promise that you would support the nominee from your party no matter what. That was one of the qualifiers to be one of the nine eligible to be up there. You had to raise a certain amount of money. You'd have a certain number of donors. You'd have, mm-hmm. have a certain polling number. And you had to promise that you would support no matter what, no matter who it was, that you would support the other people. Former President Trump didn't show up, but they all had to promise that they would support him. As Weird. today, he got arraigned on thirteen more federal charges in jewelry in, store. Right, looking at bracelets. There, I think he got some new bracelets. I can never remember. I, how it's it worked confusing. Out. But there is a very legitimate chance that they have just had to promise, in order to stand on the debate stage, that they will support somebody who is convicted of federal crimes between now and the election. And, and, what, this is and the, what was it? Vivek just was like. Absolutely. Me. I mean, me. Asa and everybody else was like scanning and looking to see what everybody Asa Hutchinson is running as the anti Trump candidate. And he's like, yeah, I'm in. And then he's like, I, later in the debate, apparently, he's like, yeah, I changed my mind. Actually, I should not have done that. I'm sorry. Oops. Didn't mean to. Couldn't hear hard of hearing old guy, you know? Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's comedy. Uh, it, it but really national is. politics is theater. If you, if there, you want, there are very few people like Jeff Jackson that yeah. are actually speaking directly to you. And, and he'll tell you exactly ass. what you said about the entertainers thing. He's like, yeah, you and funny is you turn the cameras off and they all act fine. Like he's like, I don't think yeah, there are right. probably some, there are probably some of them that aren't fine. Cause some of them are really out, out of their mind, but he's like, yeah, most of them, he's like, they're just doing just circus stuff. Because the crazier they are, the more I, press time they get. And the minute the cameras are off, they're like, yeah, we're fine. I would rather deal with a true believer, a true believer loon, that where you know where they're coming from, versus somebody that's just doing it for the theater. Yeah. That's that's my feelings. You know, it's my, my feelings. I have conversations with, with people about the way it was. Um, and, you know, I've told you, you need to have Rick Gann on your show. Uh, he worked for Congressman Sharp back in the day. See, old Polaroids of him with on a phone, uh, in, in, in DC. And it was just, it, I have conversations with Gary Thornhill at, at the office too, about this. And we're not anywhere close on the same spectrum, but there's a reverence for that statesmanship, um, that I think is just gone and traded in for this cheap, uh, short lived, you know, 
we're we're all for the instantaneous feel good moment, and we don't want the long the long uh, game of it at all. Sarah Morrill celebrated her 29th birthday again yesterday, so that's why I didn't watch the debate. I didn't want to ruin her birthday by by watching it. Uh, one last little news item I wanted to cover tonight. Um, there was a story out of Southern Indiana in Vincennes that a that a man was arrested. Uh, it was an it was a level six felony. He was driving a Power Wheels Jeep. While intoxicated, and apparently that's a crime in in Indiana. I, I believe this is one of my fun facts. I like to tell people, I think you, I think you can get OWI on a horse in Indiana. Like if, if you're moving and you're on a road and you're operating whatever is moving, I think you can get an OWI or DUI, whatever, no matter what it is. The copy says that nine o'clock last night, August twenty third, Indiana State Police Trooper was patrolling on Second Street in Vincennes where he saw a man driving a Power Wheels Jeep in the road with no lights or reflectors. Uh, That's why. Had he had the lights and reflectors, would they have pulled him over? 51 years old. He signed. He showed signs of impairment and failed sobriety. Uh, he was under the influence of methamphetamine and the marijuana. He probably thought he was going 100 miles an hour. <laughs> His eyes were this big. <laughs> He didn't need lights. His eyes were dilated. Yeah, right. <laughs> he could think, see like an owl. Do you think they impounded the Hot Wheels Jeep? Oh, I hope it's <laughs> I hope it's sitting next to a car to impound with lot. a boot with a boot on it. Yeah, <laughs> they just took the battery. He's driving an electric car. He was saving the planet. I mean, it's right out of a Vince Gill song. Do you guys remember the song no. he had about John about uh, George Jones? They, he, no, his, his his wife took away the uh, the car keys, but she forgot about the old John Deere. That was the that was uh, the song. So the the, the music video. He's driving the power wheels. Battery. He's driving. He's driving the driving the lawnmower to the bar. Oh my god! And and Airman says before the show there is a video of a woman like going to the liquor store in a power wheel and like putting her brown bag coming in, out. Yeah, yeah putting in it in the, the back, hopping in her power wheel and driving off. I don't I don't think that this that. It's Law enforcement cares whether or not your vehicle is street legal, if, whether or not you're driving it intoxicated on a road. Yeah. See, if, I mean, he had we, been, if he had been in a boat, nobody would care. I mean, it's calmed down, but we used to have some some hooligans that would run around just out of downtown Newcastle on mowers and just like terrorize a neighborhood with their I, lawnmowers. I'm not one to throw stones, but I have. There's an incredible amount of mower traffic in my community. Oh, I in thought my you were going to say the uh, ATVs or whatever. Uh, we have that. I'm too. seeing more of that too. We have, where we I have live. the quads and the lawn with the, no with no triangle on the back. No, I don't see a license either. But a little different than the golf carts. An ordinance issue. I don't know. It's in the county. I mean, what am I to say? What can you do about it? All no, right. Exactly. Final, final thoughts, Mister uh, Mister Zachary Bertram. Um, I'm going to just. If people want to see what city council do, go to the meetings. I'm going to echo. Uh, I, I know something that uh, Councilman Guffey urged uh, Travis White, friend of the show, to put in the paper was that I know there was some flack thrown about a meeting being short as if it was like a way of like keeping the public silenced. I'm like, I've been to, man, I've, I may have missed like a handful of meetings in like, f- I don't know how many years it's been now. And I've never seen him be unwelcoming to anybody that shows up. Usually they're very inquisitive. Like you show up a couple of times. First of all, they wonder. I mean, L would probably disagree with you. There's one, that guy started it. Like if I was going to say, 
there was a meeting not too long ago that was one of the most uncomfortable situations I've ever For every, been at ever. And if anybody wants to look back and watch some of the uh, sheriff's race shows, those were uncomfortable as well. And this was right there with them. And it was the second time in like a year or six months time that they were police cruisers parked outside of a building I was at without my knowledge <laughs> for my own safety. Um, but that guy started it. But yeah, for the but like they're they're friendly. They ask you what you're there for, and then I will bug different people at different times about different things I need, um, or or have curious or uh, Listen, concerns if go, about. If you go to every city council meeting for eight years in a row, you get your roads. You get to my roads. Yeah, my roads didn't even need paved at that actually. Um, <laughs> but they, there's a trench through one from the gas company. But yeah, like show up to the meetings. Um, Wait, so, it'll be real cute when they pave his driveway too. Yeah, <sighs> that'd be awesome. Just pay. Just, just use move it. all your vehicles they out of the way. Pay, so yeah. I, I, the well, I legit am trying to pay attention to the meetings of when this is going to start because I have a, my vehicles are all parked within like five inches of a roadway, <laughs> including a camper. So I probably need to have the camper moved out of the way. But um, show up to the meetings. Ask people like if you see Aaron, don't you know? Don't bug anybody too badly and. If they're doing stuff out with the family, would you say, "Hey, if you have, you have a to quick be careful concern. when those papers come by because they knocked my mailbox down." Yeah, I will. I'm like, my 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 camper sits like three inches off the road, like it is barely off the road. I hope so your I've insurance got, agents listening. I've got concerns. Um, I don't even know who my insurance agent is, but yeah, show up to meetings, pay attention. You'll learn a lot about the process, and you'll learn who you should blame for problems. And a lot of times, it's not the city uh, for some stuff. So. Other than that, everybody stay cool. It is awful outside right now, but I think it's supposed to be nicer by the weekend. Councilman Dickin? Um, I mean, Zach hit the nail on the head. I think engagement um, and participation is kind of what I've tried to preach here recently, whether that me looks like, you know, asking questions in an inquisitive manner, you know, being curious and not judgmental. Deadline, so. And uh, just... Um, or whether it's running for office. And I'm happy to talk to anybody of any party about running for office. Talked to a Republican recently at lunch with Chris Staten when he was running as a libertarian. Just because, uh, you know, to echo what Jeremiah said, we need good people in government. And um, I think that's important. So, But mostly, yeah, be curious and not judgmental when you come with questions. I know it's hard these days to just assume that uh, or to not assume that people are have it out for you and whatnot. But um, especially locally, chances are they're not coming for your guns. So they will come after your chicken. So Um, (laughs) always got the zingers. Uh, I just want to give a, a shout out to Zach and his mechanical skills. Uh, we had our berry picking party or our bearing packing party before before the Grand South Dakota trip. Uh, made it all the way home. All four wheels were still on the camper. Had the uh, temperature sensors on the uh, on the wheels and the bearings. Uh, and Zach can pack a hell of a bearing. Uh, no failures the entire time. Uh, nice. It was it was spectacular. Meanwhile, uh, my truck took an <laughs> entire evening where it refused to start, and then it's just run fine ever since. I have no idea why. If you need your berry, if you need your berries picked, call Zach. Uh, with that, we say thank you guys so very much. Next week, Dakota will be back, and we promise to try to do better then. We'll see you then. <laughs>